Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. I absolutely, yes, I absolutely am happy to be here on the radio show and that we are functioning on the radio show. Yeah, we're at at our new official time. Yes, I know. It was a little bit disturbing here for my world according to what I'm used to doing. Like, oh, I got till six o'clock, you know, and now, of course, it's like, no, no, it's one, it's one. But it, it did kind of change my tempo. But, um, so yeah, here we are. We are, we've been actually discussing off air before the show, the travels of Mercury retrograde, which amusingly we did have a rebroadcast last week because of some situations that were obviously there that uh, Phoenix was unavailable. And, and so it, we mm-hmm. did a Mercury retrograde, which I found absolutely yeah. You know, right on target. Of course, we did that deliberately. But the second part of what we're doing is our second Tarot major arcana card. And of course, it's the magician, which is Mercury, which we'll talk more about. So I feel that we're yeah, it's a good more timing. Personal. Yes, very good timing. So obviously, you had a really exciting week from, you know, when we last talked to now. So why don't you kind of jump in with all the things that have happened? Um, in that manner, I know Pentheacon was, you know, probably very big and fancy and exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, so Pentheacon happened last weekend, and uh, it was lovely. It was the last one, um, and Milk and Honey had a booth, and so I took a couple of staff people with us, and uh, with Guian and I, and then Guian had a presentation on the main calendar, and then one in our suite, and then I had a presentation in our suite and in the Llewellyn Hospitality Suite and, and The Witches Next Door, which is my partner, Guian, and I. It's our blog, We Hospitality Suite. So I scheduled lots of cool things in our hospitality suite. We had a tea and tarot afternoon. We had a whiskey tasting, and then a bunch of different um, folks who have uh, books coming out or recently released did workshops. So we had a lot of cool stuff going on, but it was a ton of work. Um, it was probably a little overly ambitious. Just having a booth and doing presentations and hosting the suite was a lot. It felt a little bit overwhelming at times, um, but it was really good. It was really good, and, it, you know, it's bittersweet because it's the last one, and um, you know, all of that stuff. And there may be something new reborn from it next year. There's definitely people working on creating that. So, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Oh. Um, yeah. And now this week, like the last 24 hours, I've just been trying to survive Mercury retrograde because it's been, um, 
it's been really irritating. Like my, so we got milk and honey. Now you're going to get like a much longer explanation of my life than you really wanted. Milk and honey is getting a new POS system, a fancy point of sale system. It's a major upgrade. We're, we still use an old fashioned cash register. So having this system, it makes everything electronicized to make up a word. It's super fancy and it allows a lot of ease for me as someone who tracks inventory. Uh, but uploading my inventory into the system did not go as smooth as it should have. So now Gleon is manually entering every product where we were supposed to be able to just upload a spreadsheet with all of our products on it. So that was my first Mercury retrograde. Then I'm trying to fix a problem is with my email I couldn't get it to go I spent way too long trying to fix it and troubleshoot it and figure out what was wrong didn't work then I was and then it's almost midnight and so I'm like screw this I'm frustrated I'm tired I've been dealing with spreadsheets and electronics all day I'm going to bed I go to bed and I put on my little kindle to watch some Netflix to help me fall asleep because my brain is like on you know spinning and our internet goes down and I spent the next 40 minutes, maybe, <coughs> dealing with getting my internet to reboot and come back up and calling our service provider. And it was so, I, I could have just gone to bed, but no, I was like, F this, I'm going to get it to work. So literally until I fell asleep last night, <laughs> I was dealing with shenanigans around electronics. And I'm so glad that it's a new day and I'm going to bribe Mercury and see if we can have a better go ahead with this retrograde stuff. <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's wow. my drama. <laughs> that's certainly, I how mean, are you it's faring? not that we're, how am I faring? Well, it's fascinating that we talk about Internet. I mean, I have been taking um, the Walking the Beauty Way class that Phoenix has been giving at her shop, and her class was on Wednesday night, and, so I came home Wednesday night, and I was I walk the dogs because you know they need their walk, and and whether it's cold and dark and wet and rainy, it's kind of like a mailman. You're out there doing it, and I got home mm-hmm. back in, and of course as I walk in the door, I look up because I have to use the internet to pay some bills. Hey, yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's no internet, <clears throat> so I would probably say this was probably about ten thirty. So I didn't get it as late as you did yesterday but I still got it so of course I had to do the reboot 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 and finally on the third one it actually came up but I was all prepared to do exactly that call my provider you know what the hell's going on and you know everything went smoothly getting my bills paid which was really nice and and of course I was going to get up early the next morning which was yesterday to go to the dentist which I did and it was a long arduous process and you know fairly expensive and um, it had gotten me you know kind of tensed out a lot prior to going and I wound up trying something while I was in this experience with the dentist and her the technician and and it was interesting it's the first time in my entire life which is a long that I have a mm-hmm. female dentist, which is just not to say good or bad, but it's the first experience in this way. And so, you know, I kind of, I did a few things. So we were in, you know, she was doing her thing and the technician and I'm got my, you know, the mouth open and everything happening. So I started running the, um, the beauty pentagram and the, uh, point of reference of how I've been learning this process with Phoenix's help in the in the class and got mm-hmm. everything kind of even and then the next thing I decided is because I decided for some unknown reason to re-listen to my audio book The Twelfth Insight by James Redfield which you know I mean mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether or not anybody believes the stories or anything but he has some really very good things and as I've learned to listen to things over and over again at different times in my life just like we would read books as well over you yeah because of your experiences something else is highlighted it is lights up and this particular one was agape and of course instead of taking it with the Christian consciousness of 
you know, the higher spirit, you know, God, I kind of went more towards the higher spirit of all of us. And so I kind of worked with raising my vibration up and working with their higher spirits so that we could cohesively work with this particular series of, of things that were being done. And then I even kind of went in and got archangels and goddesses and kind of my family members, and I kind of made this big circle. And, and everything, I actually calmed down. And I, I could tell because mm-hmm. my hands rested on the chair rather than holding them in anticipation yeah. of something being ready to grab that as opposed to the arm of the dentist, which you would never want to do anyway. Um, so <laughs> I, it does I, make it's not a good thing. moment. <laughs> yes, that does. And and we got through it, and it was really good. And she was very. Um, she kind of said, "Well, you put me through my paces." And obviously, because of what we did, well, I actually, after I was able to get up and stand and kind of get my bearings, I came over and I said, "Can I give you a hug?" It's the first time I've ever hugged my dentist. Okay, and you wouldn't hug a male dentist. Most times, you wouldn't hug a male dentist, especially, you know, determining, you know structures of appropriateness, you ha- you give them the, the firm handshake, thanks very much kind of a thing. But this mm-hmm. felt really kind of inclusive. So that was my, you know, a experience that highlighted a more positive or higher way of dealing with, um, and, I'm, and Mercury isn't necessarily specifically what I was talking about in electronics, but it is communication and it is the messenger process and all. But um, you know, I had all my glitches, I didn't say all, but I had a bulk of glitches prior to Mercury actually going retrograde that kind of, yeah. I guess, set my stage for what was happening. I didn't have any of what, like, you're talking about, which I'm like going, oh, my gosh. And But it was, you know, for the most part, it was, um, it's been communication, and it's been yeah. um, knowing how to navigate actual verbal communication and what you think and feel at the times that you're doing the communicating. So um, Phoenix gave us a interesting um, <clears throat> homework challenge about telling the mm-hmm. truth. And right. um, on air, on air, I'm going to say that yesterday I made it, I did it, except there was one when I say except. Um when I called to let them know I was on my way, but I was going to be a little late, I instead of saying exactly where I am, I said that I was a little farther down. So I was on Highway 12, not two streets away from Highway 12. And so technically that was a lie. Uh, so I'm owning yeah. it on air. Isn't that exciting? But the rest <laughs> of the day was, you know, a a verbal connection with people and saying things. I mean, it, it's, it's difficult because we monitor our conversations to who we're talking to. So we do color it, you know, in some form. I mean, you know, I, I, I will not necessarily go up to a fundamentalist Christian and, you know, say hi. And we start talking and I start talking witchcraft to them. Um, I will, uh, annotate out the conversation about the actual thing. I might talk about the concepts, but um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting challenge Mm -hmm. um, in, in more than just not lying, you know, not really telling a bad truth or untruth. So, because where do you determine a lie? Is it, you don't say everything that comes into your head in truth and honesty. Um, You know, that is a real interesting fine point. That being said, that yeah. has been my week. It was, you know, I got to stay at Lucky Mojo for the three days that I worked there while they tore the roof off of the location down to the bare struts. Um, mm-hmm. Leaving them, of course, on Wednesday. I have no idea what the remainder of this week has been like, <clears throat> but I know it was a pain in the ass. I mean, it was hammering right. and loud, you know, banging and jumping around. And it sounded like they were jumping. They were probably just walking. And honestly, I thought at any given time we'd see a foot or a body come through because of, you know, what has been going on there. So that, I think, is (laughs) that has been my week. It is, you know, and even before that, the week before, which because we weren't on air, it's just it's trying to do the business that's necessary to keep um, 
keep going in a in a higher way rather than just you know I'm just skating along. So, but there you are. So hanging on for the ride. Hanging on. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, <laughs> these, these awesome. with that, of course, we have <clears throat> talking of rides and going on you know trip. You know, just moving down the road. Um, we've got the magician as our yeah. arcana card, which, um, interesting, I did uh, a little later than I anticipated. <clears throat> I'll blame it on Mercury Retrograde. I took photographs, a photograph <laughs> of all of the cards <laughs> that I pulled out of the magician and, and posted it to our uh, Facebook page so that, you know, you can see the different decks and some of them are kind of wild and some of them are very standard, but... Um, it's interesting because as I have found whenever I do anything like this, last this last week we started with, you know, we had done The Fool, which was yeah. obviously two weeks ago. And I think that in the last two weeks I have been, I have had to live The Fool. I've had to experience the energy of, you know, taking the leap of faith and moving forward and I'm sitting here looking at the magician going, and now we have the magician, which means between now and next week, it's going to be really interesting with the Mercury retrograde. So you want to start off, you know, a little dissertation on the, on the you know, magician card or anything you, yeah. you want to begin with? Yeah, well, and, you know, for those who are just catching up, we, Elvira and I, have started a new series of going through the Major Arcana, and this is the second episode of that series where we're talking about the Magician. So if you are curious about the other cards, you can go backwards and listen to our show from a couple weeks ago where we talk about the Fool, or subscribe to our podcast, and you can hear about the Major Arcana cards that are coming over the next several weeks Uh, and our plan is to do them in order however there will be other episodes that are interspersed as holidays pop up or whatever so they won't exactly be every week but close Uh, and today we are on what is sometimes called the first card of the major arcana although in my opinion the fool is the first card but the Fool is number zero, and the Magician is number one. Each of the Major Arcana have a number associated with them. Uh, and the, some of this stuff we're likely to talk about every week, just to give you a refresher and to give people information who haven't heard, but the tarot started as a game. And all of the cards of the Major Arcana were the trump cards. They all had special skills for what they would do and if you think of if you've ever played like magic the gathering or any other kind of role-playing card game cards do things to the game they have an influence on the game and that's what the major arcana are they have influence on the game they have influence on the reading and i always look at the major arcana as uh not a heavier message not a more important message but a deeper message. There are layers when a major arcana card shows up in a reading. Uh, there's more to it than just, oh, you know, you're, there's heartbreak connected to this situation, right? There, like if you had the three of swords, for example, there's uh, more to unpack. There's more to dig out. And the magician has been called historically the magus. Um, or the juggler, or the batteleur in French, um, or il bagato, or bagatello, um, because, you know, France and Spain and Italy all fight about who originated the tarot. They all claim responsibility for it, um, and who knows where it actually originated, but um, we don't really know the original rules of the game, but we can guess that the magician brought in some amount of energy to the game about um, a sleight of hand, a a trick, uh, Mm -hmm. something coming in that changes the flow of the game. Because if you think about when this game would have been played, you know, anywhere from the 15th century to the 18th century, and there's arguments on different things, 
um, the magician would have been a stage magician. It would have been someone who is doing like sleight of hand stage magician type work where there's some amount of trickery happening and not trickery is that I'm going to steal your wallet while you're not paying attention, you know, follow the ball, follow the ball while I pickpocket you. Not that, but some mm-hmm. sort of trickery where you think one thing is happening and something else is happening. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the meaning of the magician has evolved. It's not necessarily that anymore, but I think it's really important to remember its origin because when the magician shows up, it can be a little bit of like a sleight of hand uh, trick. Like what you thought was going on is not going on, and you actually possess more power over the situation than you might want to admit. Right. Right. Let huh. <clears throat> you kind of on that one. It's it's. Can you? Are you there? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, because every once in a while I get concerned because of, as we've talked about, that we suddenly lose yes. each other. Um, yeah, yes. and Blog Talk Radio it, does a weird thing where we have a, you and I have a delay. So if for listeners who may not have realized that's what's happening, we uh, for some reason Elvira and I are not on the same second. So sometimes we miss each other or step over each other and don't know why. It's because Blog Talk Radio is weird. It's not Mercury Retrograde. It's Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> okay. Well, then I, I I feel much better that I'm not having to fight the consciousness of that. But um, <laughs> it's interesting <clears throat> that the magician, you know, there are several versions of where, you know, the the specs of this are. So your history of it is really good because a lot of the books that get written now or even – in the more, you know, distant past, but not like when the mm-hmm. printing press was just invented. Um, but it's all about uh, certain esoteric traditions. And, um, you know, they've got different things that were attributed to this particular card specifically. And I will, you know, in when we talk about the card, I will mention these things because in some mm-hmm. way, Everything that we're talking about is what has grown into what is our present day card, and um, yeah. it's like it's like a kid growing up. Uh, and, and a long time ago, I didn't believe that. I was very, you know, like focused on this is the way it is. And I learned about the Paul Foster case, which is kind of like the uh, offshoot of the Golden Dawn and all of these other things. And and of course, that's the way it was. And then as I kind of went through life and grew up a little bit like you do, I realized that it it's all of these things together. So even the permeations of how this card is shown in different decks, it's all this growth process. Right. So anyway, that being said, um, the magician is obviously a manifester. It is, it is you know, constructive power. You want to jump in, darling? Because I didn't want to step on your toes. Oh, not at all. You go. Okay. All right. So basically, I mean, the actual tarot meaning that a lot of the different uh, decks attribute to it is basically, you know, wisdom, um, occult wisdom, as well as this wisdom and power. Um, and so, you know, the, the constructive uh, manifesting power, the, the creative power to create to manifest. And, um, you know, the number one that it is attributed to it is unity. It's the representation of the principle of unity of all numbers and manifestations. So, again, we go back to the concept of something being created, and it is, that's the purpose. The magician takes all of the different tools and creates something in the physical plane from the unmanifested, i.e., the fool area or uh, location. So... Um, when people say, well, what does it mean? It's kind of like, well, I understand that, you know, in a book it will say, you know, positive meaning is will, mastery, you know, creative talents, the ability to take the power from above and direct it to below. And of course, the reverse, which when the reverse mm-hmm. means is that in cards, a lot of times, 
and some of us have chosen to change it, but if the card falls in an upside-down manner facing the reader, not the person they're doing the reading from or for, it will be the reverse, and it will be, you know, for instance, indecision or weak will or, you know, the power for destructive ends. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is more of a concrete, what does it mean, how do I read the card kind of a thing, and how does it, and that's sort of part one. Part two is what the reader, the person studying the card or the person doing a reading for someone is also in tune with and what starts to happen is the card will speak in different ways. You'll mm-hmm. notice different things and the the way they've designed the cards have meanings and whether we know them intellectually or not, they will speak to us. Now I'm gonna right. hand it off to you. Yeah. And the the Especially modern tarot, and not all of it, but many many systems, many decks. You know, the artwork is different, but the symbolism is consistent to it, the origins of the Rider Waite Smith deck, which came out in the early 1900s. And uh, Rider and Waite were both occultists, and they were involved in the Order of the Golden Dawn and different fraternal orders. And so there is uh, and they hired this artist, Smith, uh, to do the artwork, and they gave her specific instructions on the esoteric stuff that they wanted to show up in this card, in the specifics of this card. So they took some of these older concepts, that, you know, like we were talking about the sleight, the sleight of hand magician, the stage magic, and the, the bateleur, and um, sort of... Over time, if you look at tarot decks and people who are super into collections, you can see that there is a transition over time of him becoming more of a magus, to use that term. Uh, but Ryder, Waite, and Smith really brought him full into the magician. Uh, and you can see some of the symbolism in there is symbolism that they added, but it's also symbolism that uh, comes from the Golden Dawn and from older decks. For example, the magician card often has an infinity symbol in it. Uh, in the Rider Waite Smith deck, it's right above his head. Most modern systems that are based off of the Rider Waite Smith deck, and most of them are, some of them are not, but most of them are, um, you will see a, an infinity sign over the magician's head or somewhere in the, the imagery of the magician. There's also, if you look closely around his waist, is a snake, and it's supposed to be an Ouroboros, right? And Ouroboros is the snake that is eating its own tail. It's the symbol of regeneration and eternal life and wisdom and all of this, you know, deep esoteric blah, blah, blah. So that shows up here too, and that is straight out of the Golden Dawn. Like that is um, iconography that they um, added into this this card, into the artwork that they wanted to have in this card, based on older um, fraternal uh-huh. uh, was symbolism. That's the word symbolism. And there's all kind of, like, I, and I'm looking at an image of the magician right now. There's there's um he's we talked about this last week. This is going to be a recurring um, theme that we discussed. But the colorization of these cards in the Rider Waite Smith system is important. He's wearing white, which is the symbol of purity. He has a red overlay, a red robe, a red covering over that. That is a symbol of action um, and power. He also has a white band around his head, right where his third eye is. This is purity of sight. Uh, There is flowers and floral and growth and plant life everywhere. It's around him in the top of the card. It's all around the bottom of the card. Um, and he stands at a table with a wand, a, a sword, a cup, and a pentacle. And then he has another wand in his hand. And it's his, his right hand is up and his left hand is pointing down with a finger pointing down, which is a symbol like this, holding this, do it right now, I'm doing it. <laughs> you point your hand up and... <laughs> And ideally your dominant hand, which would be the opposite for me because I'm lefty. But if you put your dominant hand up to the sky and your non-dominant hand pointing to the earth, this is a position of power that connects you to earth and sky. 
This is, has been used in fraternal orders for hundreds of years. So there's all kinds of symbols. Like you can look at this card and be like, oh, I see all these symbols, but keep going. Like dig deeper. There's everything in these images means something. The color of the flowers, the color, you know, there are red and white, and then there's green. All that means something to the original creator of this system, which so many modern systems are built from. It's endlessly fascinating to a nerd like me. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <laughs> totally. I totally understand. And it's funny because um, in doing these cards, I, you know, I look back over a lot of my own notes and the, the books that I have used and not, you know, the little booklets that come with the cards. I mean, they're very good, but I mean the books that have been written about these. And of course, as, Phoenix has said, the, a lot of the earlier books have been written about the Rider Waite deck because that was the one that sort of came forward and um, systematized the, the, the cards, the Major Arcana and the Minor Arcana and, and what it meant and, and all of that. So uh, it's, it's interesting that I get to a couple of them that were more of the hermetic and it's like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'd forgotten all about that. So for me, this is a, a, a reigniting of looking at just that, the symbology and the things that are on the card as much as, yeah. you know, the card having a, a connection and going with it and, you know, putting it into either a, a real world, well, this is, you know, what does this mean in a reading for a person? But it's also the, the uh, more esoteric meanings that, that sparked my yeah. original interest in doing this. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something I will add to that is, you know, you get really used to a deck. If you, be, if you read with any regularity, if you do any professional sort of reading, the more you practice, the more familiar you get with the artwork. And you can almost take for granted what it means. And so as a way to challenge myself and challenge my skills and, and play, because, you know, it should be fun, <laughs> uh, yeah. I look at the thing. So I'll look at the magician and I'll look at the card closely, especially when I read for myself, not so much when I read for clients, but I'll look at the card more closely and, and see what, it, what am I noticing today? Because in some of the cards, there's like a snail or a little, a little flower, one little lone flower, or there, you know, there's different little tiny things hidden. So sometimes I'll look like, okay, I don't know why, but that one red flower is really standing out to me right now. I don't know what, what it is about this particular reading or this particular message, but that one red flower is all I can see in this card today. And so I'll do a little bit of research on, you know, the color red. And is that a rose? Is it a carnation? I don't know. I might do a little bit of research on that and what that symbolism might hold and how that might fit into what my reading is for or what I'm seeking insight about Sometimes the thing you never notice or have never even seen in your cards before might suddenly make an appearance and stand out, and you need to pay attention to that. There's something there for you. Because, again, because you could peel back the layers of these cards indefinitely. It would, it's, an, it's a never-ending well of discovery. Uh, so that's just a an interesting way to play if you're already regularly reading. Try to look at the thing that is unseen or in the background or small. See, see what calls your attention and how that might influence your reading. Right. I notice right. for me when I'm reading for a client and this card comes up, the magician comes up, often one of the um, symbols stands out. Like I, By symbols, I mean the suits, the pentacle, the cup, the sword, or the wand. Often not always, and mm-hmm. one of those mm-hmm. things seems to be bigger, brighter, bolder than the others, and I use that as like, okay, so you need more earth in this situation, or pay attention to how you work with earth, or, you know, whatever, but um, noticing those little things when you read and how they could fuel and feed the information you're getting. Right, right. I think we should take a uh, a break for our little commercial. I didn't realize oh, where yeah. we were in our time. <laughs> Probably true. 
Yeah. So uh, we'll be back. Yes. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We're back. Hey. Our new time was on the commercial. It's like magic. I know. Hey, you know, this is good. This is good. I mean, we're actually doing it at the right time. This is an excellent, you know, uh, reverb of of uh, two weeks ago only in in better tune. I mean, like we're really doing it right. It's happened. So um, one of the things I did want to mention, and you know, it's interesting because I tend to use I use a deck that is um, it's got a lot of the uh, more hermetic. Uh, things in it as I you know as, as imagery but it also is very pagan and very you know witchy and I mean it's called mm-hmm. the witch so um but I was reading along with everything else I was trying to read I was reading the actual um meaning that they were giving for it and we do know that uh, this is mercury as a planet it's, it's mercury so of course the deity mercury but it also is mm-hmm. Hermes or Thoth or my favorite, Hermes Trigligistus, so, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting because I had forgotten that it had a couple of other um, correlations with other deities. But, um, and it definitely, because Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo, that is also an overlay of the connection this card has in terms of uh, the meaning that you would use or that you would work with or that you could, you know, uh, intuit out when you're, do- if you're doing a reading for someone or if you're just doing your meditation. Um, right. But so um, it's uh, also, I guess, you know, with the concepts, it is the pair of opposites, life and death. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. the old saying is what we give our attention to lives and what we turn our attention away from dies. And, you know, the, the concept that this card actually holds that process in um, the connection, just like the, 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 the figure eight, the infinity sign, is that one is one side, one is the other. And um, a saying is, as above, so below, as within, so without, is definitely attributed to this because of the stance that the um, magician takes. So, yeah, good. You know, it just, it it's, and I've used that now more and more with people that I have been um, reading for. So it yeah. also reminds me about myself. Anything you want to just pop in to say? I'm, I'm just, you know, taking things that I see highlighted that draw my attention on my notes. But Yeah, uh, so I think it would be – so what I have found in my research, and I um, I don't teach – workshops on the tarot anymore just because it's not my favorite thing to do but when I did I would go through one night at a time on the the major arcana cards because it is a personal journey it is like a rite of passage for an individual human and Mm -hmm. what what A.E. Waite who is one of the originators of the Rider Waite deck has written about the magician card and it's just a list of words, but I'm, I feel like it's very fascinating to know this because um, 
it's not how I hold the magician. You know, it's over a hundred years later. This deck came out in 1910. So it's, you know, over a hundred years later and the, the meanings have evolved. So here's what A.E. Waits said about the magician. The magician card is associated with skill, diplomacy, address, subtlety, pain, loss, disaster, snares of enemies, self-confidence, and will. It signifies the querent if male. Reverse, it means physician, mental disease, disgrace, and disquiet. Uh, He further went on to say that the card signifies the divine motive in man. It's the uh, unity of all individual beings on all planes, and in a very high sense, it is thought. It is the sign of life, quoted there. Um, And I just find that hilarious because I don't, I would never look at the, if the magician showed up, I don't equate it to maleness at all. I equate it Mm -hmm. to mastery, which, you know, that's Mm -hmm. such an old fashion thing to equate mastery with maleness like it kind of makes me mad especially knowing that Ryder and Waite tried to cut Smith completely out of the deal and they basically paid her nothing to do all of this artwork and they took all the credit for it so you know it adds to my irritation um, but it just that's not what this card means to me that's not how I read it uh, there's so much more like intensity and sadness in his word listing then uh, an intensity yes I feel like the magician's a very intense card but I don't read disaster or pain or mental disease into the magician um, mm-hmm. I, I find it a much more uplifting card and maybe that's just me because I tend to you know be a more uplifting optimistic type of reader but Holy cow. I thought that was pretty fascinating because that's not what I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's really the case. I mean, when you think about, okay, where I get life and death is more of Mm -hmm. um, the concept of what you put your energy to lives and once you take your energy away from dies, you know, it it diminishes. Mm -hmm. So I, I would see that as reasonable, but these others, I just, you're right. I don't, I don't see that. I don't feel that when I, when I get this card or when I am observing this card. Um, you know, there are a lot of things about being a magician and being a manifester that, you know, you, you're responsible for what you bring into the world. So, you know, I, I'm like, gee, either, you know, you, you bring joy or you bring sadness. But that was rather, I hadn't, read that recently. That's weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that they, that in the more golden dawn and the more hermetic traditions, they associate a lot of other things like um, they give it a tone, like this particular one I think is an E natural and and they give it um, a consciousness, you know, ego consciousness and they give it a Hebrew letter, which I found you know, I always enjoyed it when I learned about that because to me it it changed it a bit. It stepped it aside from taking it into, you know, just a, a reading tool to a more personal tool. This one is Beth, which, you know, technically is house. And, of course, the Hermetics love to go into a little bit more, you know, like it's about the building, the structure, the architecture, thus, of course, it goes to Freemasonry and, you know, da-da-da-da-da and, you know, geometry and, and all these things, which, in a hermetic way, you agree with. You see why, because of how they work their, their spirituality, their, their ceremonies and things. They're really into that. But I don't think mm-hmm. reading it in present day is really as... Um, necessary in that sense you know like it it, 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 you don't people don't come to you for that that real deep thing you sometimes you can get that you can help them find it and for yourself if you want to go deep that's great but that's your personal decision so it's how you use the actual tarot that matters how you you how the interpretations come yep yep 
Anything else you want to elucidate on? Like, love that word. Just love that word. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably. Let me see here. What else is important in my notes real quick? Because I have, like, all my esoteric junk, and then I have, like, old school junk. Um, and then I have We're not more modern it when we say junk. <laughs> nah. Nah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah. You know, the thing I, when I read and the magician comes up, I always look at it as you have all the skills that you need, right? So no matter what the situation is we're reading on, it tells me that the person in the situation, and, you know, granted, if, if you read a certain way where the cards in each placement have a certain uh, meaning, like if this is about allies or what's keeping you stuck or whatever, then it, it's going to slightly adjust the phrasing I might use, but overall, when this card comes up, I look at it as you possess all the skills that you need. You have everything you need. So if you're not getting what you want or you're not finding the success you want or you're feeling stuck, what are you doing to yourself to keep yourself stuck? What skills and goals and um, capabilities are you not giving yourself credit for or are you not fully utilizing, Right. And if you're looking at the future, like what is this, where is this thing going to go? And the magician shows up. It's like you possess all the skills that you need to make it happen. I always find it to be a very positive omen. It just requires the querent to take action, to recognize that they have the skills to take ownership of their abilities, um, to understand that they have everything right there at their fingertips, everything that they need, they already possess. And it's just about moving forward from that place of success. And, you know, sometimes to get sort of um, woo and like um, psychological here for a minute, sometimes people don't give themselves enough credit or they're trapped in fear, you know, whether it's about financial success or career success or relationship success. Sometimes the magician coming up can be like, what are you waiting for? Why are you not taking action? Why are you not acknowledging your skills? Why are you not giving yourself more credit? Because a lot of people don't. And that's a thing I've seen over and over again over the years on reading for people is sometimes what people really need is confirmation that it's okay. Like, yes, it's okay. Yes, it's okay. Because I swear to God, I don't know if this is true for you, but 90% of the time, my readings are confirming what my clients already know and they just needed something from the outside to tell them, yes, you're right, do it. Or yes, you're right, this isn't working. Or yes, you're right. You know, most of the time with my readings, a client will go, you know what, I already knew all of this. I needed the confirmation. Um, and And that's what the magician is. Like the magician is the ultimate confirmation. Like stop playing small. Do the thing. You know, yeah, and you're right. Um, that is something that my clients usually. You know, I don't say every one of them. A lot of them, because they are, because you get in fear and you shut down. You you don't even have the ability to sense what's going on. But a lot of the the people that I do read for have that same sense of saying, oh, I thought that, or I felt that, or yeah, that just needed, you know, you're saying things that I already, you know, but I didn't know it was real because it was in my head kind of a thing. And that's what this card represents is, you know, to to truly get into the factor of you do have the ability, you have the action, you have the power. Um, And, you know, a lot of it is, the concept that the again because they have the colors you know the yellow is the fool and of course this has got a lot of that in the background in terms of the rider deck um sometimes they go to gold a little bit more of that but it's also with what the normally traditional colors for the robe is red which is you know as you said action um and the white which is you know the the, the purity you know you're using belief of faith that the little fool over there was part of to put your action, your, you know, desire into action because you have 
you know, coming from a, and again, this is a hard thing to say, a pure state, but it is a, a centered state, I think, would be a better way to say it rather than pure, as something is impure mm-hmm. to pure, um, the judgment statement in some way. Uh, but it is that. I mean, even the, the colors of the, the, the lily represents what the rose represents, you know, the, the, the different things. Um, and as you say, everybody has what they have already there because the tools are already on the table. You just have to be willing to, A, arrange them appropriately and pick them up and use them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, but... uh, one of the things I did find that, you know, I mean, I have always known the as above, so below, as within, so without aspect of this card. But I never really yeah. knew until I, re- well, I knew, but I reread it and remembered it, that in the uh, Paul Foster Case book, um, it's there is a, the magician specifically is to take, you know, the implements and the esoteric admonitions and put it together is to know which is the wand to I mean sorry to will which is the wand to know which is the cup to dare which is the sword and to be silent which is the pentacle mm-hmm. to make it happen and I know that for a long time and a lot of people you know we tend to talk about what we're doing and we spread the word and it's very important to get everything out there but there's also the other side of, I think, we forget is that we have all these things we get together and we consolidate that energy by being silent to get it to a place where in coming out it has power rather than dissipating the power by constantly talking about it. Right. Yeah, which is... I mean, you don't tell a magician who is doing sleight of hand to tell you how he did it. He'll look at you or she will look at you and kind of go, nope, sorry, it's a secret. But, right, well, yeah. Well, um, and, of course, this is in, in a lot of ways when you get this particular card, it's also about doing magic, actually doing magic, meaning magical uh, spells and things that can be brought up to mm-hmm. make it concrete in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? Like, you know, we talked about last week offering different ways every week to work with the cards or learn more about the cards or dig into the cards. And I don't think that's something we've talked a lot about in past episodes is doing spell work with tarot cards. And it's, um, mm-hmm. I've done spell work with tarot cards many times, especially when I'm doing like a group spell or a spell with my partner. Um, mm-hmm. He really likes to use tarot cards as a um, a symbol and a, a, focus, a focusing point. And the magician is an excellent mm-hmm. card to use in spell workings because it manifests with all the suits. It connects to all of the energies of the tarot and it's all about manifestation and creating what you want so it's often Mm -hmm. an excellent card to add into the mix if you're going to do spell work right right and that's very important um and again the the way that i learned and actually i can't remember when i just i just talked to somebody recently as a client that that's what they were starting to do they were taking the card and putting it and meditating on it, um, mm-hmm. using it as part of, you know, the the aspect of connecting with it and then getting into the card, literally letting the card become, you know, like a very large door and, and coming into it and, and experiencing it both mm-hmm. from an observer point and then turning it around and being the actual individual in the deck, you know, the magician looking yeah. out, uh, which is a very... That, both of that is very empowering. I know that um, that is something that I have suggested to a client if it came to that. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. part of it. And it's funny because, you know, when you think about this card, it's always one that, in my opinion, including Mercury Retrograde, um, I get excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. oh, look at this, you know. 
because it means you can do it. You can do it. This is it. It's all here. So I have that tendency to get it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, so is there anything else that we um, to say? I know that uh, we both come with a lot of knowledge, and we like to explore, and we like to, you know, get into different levels. And, and you know, as a as a way to get somebody started on this. We could go for a long time and we could actually talk about each little detail of the card and, and we'd both be very happy doing that. Uh, but here we have a, an introduction and, you know, helping, you know, get enthusiastic about what, where you're going because some of the cards aren't necessarily, you know, I have found that when you get to the, the less positive cards, people get frightened and, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's always, you know, what is the negative side of it and... Um, so this is a journey for all of us in, in, in terms of what we're doing here to help people. I personally, this is my goal to demystify and let things be less scary when you, Mm -hmm. when these cards are, you know, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think based on our timing and, and how we've, hit all the points in my very humble opinion. I think we've uh think we've covered it. Awesome. We've done our magic yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. I'm trying to pull up my calendar here. So yeah, next week we will be talking about the high priestess. So remember that. Um and there's, you know, lots more fun to be had in the coming week so tune in and we will have an ask the witch segment in the not too distant future so uh you know that'll that'll be a little break in the in the tarot card madness so if you mm-hmm. have a question if there's a if there's an issue that you'd like us to banter about if um if there's a thing you've always been curious about our opinions on feel free to send your question in and if you go to our website which is witchpriestesscauldron.com there is a, a place to send us your questions. So please, please do. And um, we, can, we never are able to get to all the questions, but we do our best to get to as many as we can. And um, yeah, that'll be coming up soon-ish. Yeah, soon-ish. I <laughs> yeah. like that. Soon-ish. Yeah. yeah. The new word we're going to add to the, the Webster Dictionary based on um, how we feel. Soon-ish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, hopefully, you know, by next week, Mercury Retrograde will be kind of in full swing and we will be maybe a bit more accustomed to the things and not have so many disasters or problems, but you never know. Yeah. We would be that would be nice. Yes, it really would be. I'm just putting that out there as a, as a magician to make it kind of put together. Yeah, okay. So, I love yes, it. Definitely. So other than that, I think we're we're at a at a close down. I am I've had a lot of fun bouncing around here. As I say, this is one of my cards I like seeing. So um, we will be back next week live at our new time, one o'clock. That's right, Pacific Coast time. Yes. Thanks for listening. So, thank you. Have a good week. See you on the radio. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.